Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. Stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Dave? It was revealed this week by Michelle McCool wife of the undertaker that he that once he quote ate so many cucumbers in one day that he got sick and ever since then he cannot stand to be around a cucumber to smell a cucumber to have a cucumber in the room do you have any foods in your life that have made you so sick that you are not terrified of them i have two in particular and one isn't really a food but people who eat it will understand it corned beef hash one day i ate corned beef hash and I got so violently sick. Just the just the smell and sight of corned beef hash. Oh man, will will turn me into a small child. And E and J liquor. I don't know if you've drank E and J before, <laughs> Dave. <laughs> but I had E and J one time as a freshman in college, and I had the worst drunk experience of my life. Uh, all my brothers who have drank E and J and grew up on E and J, I don't know how you've done it. So long. It is an awful, horrible liquor, unless you're trying to sponsor this podcast, and it's a great liquor. But other than that, it's, I, I, it's the smell of it brings back such a vivid memory. I, I I might have a phobia. I might have a fear of it. One of the great things about being in your 40s, is I don't I don't find myself having to explain to people why I'm not a fan of like Mad Dog 2020 or like I'm not drinking Boone's wine by the bottle anymore. Like it's just it's a given that this is now not a part of my life and we yeah. can all just sort of move on from there. It's when you say corned beef hash, because I'm a big corned beef hash fan. Do you mean really? Was it like the stuff that comes out of the can? It like was the, the consistent. Yeah, it was the stuff that comes out of the can. Okay, okay. We'll All see. Right. I, I mean, I, I prefer some like, you know, like, you know, made to order, like actual strings of corned beef in there. But I'm a fan. I am a fan of the, of the you know, canned corned beef hash, but I'll give it to you because right. the hardest thing to get over, this is mine, is when you got sick off something that seems like something you could get sick off of. Yes. Right? It's, yes. it's one thing to get, it's one thing to have like a bad turkey chicken breast or something you're like well i'm not gonna eat from there again but you don't yeah. you don't hold it against the chicken no right no like all I chickens had, like i don't i don't bear the brunt of of all right. chickens because of that bad chicken breast but corned beef i hash. had i had ethiopian food one time got sick as a dog afterwards Ooh. well that's understandable but is, is, and was I, and it spicy too spicy for you no 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 it was like actually we ate something bad i was with somebody they got sick uh, too but but the 
but the problem with it is that you get those Ethiopian food, like, you know, like share trays and it's just like piles of like, of like mushy stuff. Not really, it's you know? not really COVID friendly now, you know, you no. gotta do with your <laughs> no, hands, not at you all. know what I mean? <laughs> but it feels like something you get sick off of. Also, as many people know, usually when you get food poisoning, it's not the last thing you ate. It's something you ate like 24 hours ago, maybe 48 yeah. hours ago. So don't hold it against the fish. Yeah, just because you don't had tell the fish that to that my day. mind. Don't tell that to no. my mind. Whatever it's I ate last, fear. <laughs> it's not happening. I don't know how many cucumbers you'd have to eat to get physically ill like what's wrong with this cucumber all right so like, i have to ask is... the undertaker was he eating sliced cucumbers was he just taking them full to the head like was he just like did he have like three or four whole cucumbers before he thought then my... this is way too many cucumbers i don't not, know it's this is not in the article my guess is based on absolutely nothing that this is was probably leading up to one of his returns because cucumbers are one of those foods that people feel like they can just eat like yes. truckloads of when they're w without gaining any weight. Right. right? It's mostly water. I, act so. I actually saw, this is the longest open ever. I, I actually <laughs> saw a very notable celebrity. I was randomly in an elevator during yeah. WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans with a yeah. notable celebrity. And the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life was her pulling a Ziploc bag with two or three like slices of cucumber in it out and eating one and putting it back. But, um, yeah, I, but I don't know how many. I mean, it had to be a bad cucumber, right? Or there had, had to be to something be else. It's probably he probably it was probably a steak that he ate two days before. He didn't even know it. You know, the, the cucumber and the chicken breast are probably in the same family. It's like, yo, what do you got against cucumbers now, Undertaker? It's not all not all cucumbers. Hashtag. Sometimes it's not what made you sick. It's what was in your stomach when you threw it up. Facts. Anyway, on with the show. <laughs> What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WB superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to listening to and you are listening to the and you're listening, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. What's up, Dave? Kerm says I'm about to get canceled. What am I getting you canceled? You are, oh. you are, because you're about to say Ethiopian food. It's Ify like it's like saying no, no, no. if you got if you got sick off a cheeseburger and I'm like, oh man, I got sick off of American food. You don't it's just true. swear off all American it's food. It's true. It's just, I'm very know. specifically referring to like the first wave <laughs> of like hipster Ethiopian food that came into Brooklyn about 10 years ago. It was a very specific thing. I gotta like I gotta Thai, take you, like I gotta Thai take food. you. I gotta take you to a, a nice West African spot. I, I can't I can't I'll have go. you turned off I'll, from African food. No, no, because no. Of no. Ethiopians. I, I will absolutely go. <laughs> I got you, bro. I think I'm over it now, but that turned me off for a while. Um, it's anyway, and it's understandable. We have a lot of things to talk about, not not food and sickness related, I promise. Um, AEW Double or Nothing is this Sunday, and we're going to go into it in great detail. But of course, because every they seem to just plan it out. WWE had a big couple of big things happen this week. Uh, a unified, some stuff happened on SmackDown. First, though, um, it was announced last week that Stephanie McMahon is a. Uh, is taking an indefinite leave of absence from the company. Um, wait, we didn't talk about this last week, did we? No, we did not. It, it broke. Okay. It broke right after the show. Yeah. I think. Um, sorry, I, I've talked about it. I a think. Lot. I think right after it happened, I texted you. The first thing I said was like, "Oh man, is Triple H all right?" And then the yeah, news that came out after that was that he's back. It was that he's back full time <laughs> working. So uh, I didn't. I, I didn't get the details on what his 
new job description is. Um, apparently, he might have a new title, but he certainly is doing a lot of new stuff. Uh, right. But he's back working, you know, full time. And obviously, you know, he's an asset to the company. But so is Steph. And, and she's taking some time off. Now, the way it was explained to me by people somewhat in the know is this word that's kind of been out there. Um, the last year has been really hard. Obviously, Triple H almost died. And, yeah. uh, and I think there's just a lot of, you know, I think she was probably like doing her level best to like hold everything together for a really long time and finally got the chance to exhale and thought, you know, let me rethink my priorities here, you know? Yeah. And so it's just going to take some time off and do that um, and, and, and spend time with her family. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be some palace intrigue uh, theories that go on with this whole thing. I mean, listen, is it, is it, is it feasible that has she been replaced by Nick Khan, right? That's the question that's been going around. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of depth to this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is Nick doing some of the stuff that maybe she was doing before? Maybe, probably. I mean, she, he's obviously taking the point on a lot of these business matters. Um, he's this is his job. He's really mm -hmm. really good at it. Uh, is he gonna is he replacing her? No. I mean, listen. The only way that it, if this if WWE is still privately owned in you know ten years, maybe even five years the odds are really in the favor of Stephanie McMahon still being there and Nick Khan not, right? I mean, right. it's Nick, Nick Khan will be, you know, president or <laughs> running the NFL. In For sure. Years, you know? For sure. But I, I think, I think what, um, I think why this, this story is very interesting because I think a lot of people, uh, you know, when they see Stephanie McMahon or see like this news kind of breaking out, I don't think they really understand what Stephanie McMahon does on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, the best thing I could liken it to is like a deputy commissioner in a sports league, right? Like you're not necessarily Adam Silver, but when it comes to selling the brand, when you're a chief brand officer, you know what I mean? Like when it comes to bringing in the bread and bringing in the money and, and being able to sell your product to these Fortune 500 companies, to these big tech agencies, these streaming um, networks about what WWE brings to the table, Usually front in line is Stephanie McMahon. So um, just as far as uh, what it, what what she does, I mean, obviously we're all it's it's weird, right? Like we all kind of grow up at, at, with these people as on air characters, and you forget, like, oh no, they also have like real jobs and real things that are very uh, you know uh, have a very tangible effect on how you consume WWE each and every week, even though you may not necessarily realize it, right? So. Um, anytime there's like a, a, a like the upfronts that were just this week, or like any of these big things where WWE has to go in and step out of the wrestling realm and go into the realm of where where they really make their money, which is you know mainstream streaming networks, other sport agencies, sports networks, like going up to when they have to represent the WWE with the NFL, the NBA, other sports mm -hmm. networks. Stephanie McMahon is there. So um, it is. It is. It is pretty significant that she's not going to be uh, part of the uh, company um, for. for but the she's first, been. I mean, she minute. she's been working in various forms since she was oh, what, yeah. like like nineteen like or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, she was <laughs> like she... modeling for the WWF catalog back in the day and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's been a 
she, she's been doing it forever and raising a family and, you know, everything else. So, and working on screen, which, you know, as somebody with, who tries to juggle multiple job roles myself to a much yeah. lesser degree, that can be a lot. Um, oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely up I, in the same boat right now think, as, a, as, a, as a new dad. And, yeah. you know, when you see somebody, you know, like Stephanie, who's so public, who had, oh, who's that, three kids now, I think, two or three mm-hmm. kids. And I didn't really, I don't know how much time she really took off, but it couldn't have been that much time, you know, and especially given the, everything that went on with her husband, everything that's going on with the company. I'll never be, I'll never be somebody who was like, you know, trying to dig in deeper to what's going on when someone's like, I'm trying to spend time with my family. That is yeah. completely understandable. Totally that's completely true. relevant, relevant yeah. to everybody's life right now. And, you know, more power to them. I could not agree more. Um, you Sometimes you got to take that at face value. Yeah. Uh, or you have to be willing to entertain that as, as a possibility. There's also this question about why they put it out there. And I asked the question myself, like, you know, it's in pro, in pro wrestling. We're always trying to figure out what's kayfabe and what's not. When's the other shoe going to drop, whatever. And to me, it was just sort of like, if my first reaction was, why didn't, if she's just taking some time off, like, why did they need to announce it? Right. I mean, it just seemed, but there's the shareholder thing, you know, the publicly traded company, they got to be really transparent. But I think also there's an aspect of it where, well, they were going to bring on, they're going to bring on somebody in at least a temporary role to replace her in, in her, her brand management job, right? I mean, yes. that's been announced. So I think that the, I think that, you know, there's a very real, very obvious fear that like, they don't have to announce it, but if word gets out if, or if rumors start trickling out, whatever, and it happens not on their own terms, then that's a totally different story, right? Yeah. So uh, anyway, who knows? I mean, at some point we might look back and just be like, the day that Stephanie McMahon left was the day that WWE decided to sell the, you know, they decided to sell the company. <laughs> right. But, you know, there's also another, ad, there's also another avenue that to total, total armchair psychologist or whatever. But I texted you this last week. I said, yeah. you know, if, when Stephanie McMahon decides to to step down or step back, whatever, and by the way, she'll probably still be around when they go do like you know public works, you know charity stuff or whatever. For but sure. anyway, the day that Stephanie decides to not spend that much time at the company anymore to take a little time off, that might not be the best time to walk out on your boss if you're a pro <laughs> wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you said, I think that I think the specific term you said was I think uh, the, the time to walk out on your boss is not the same time where. He might be uh, experiencing some sort of abandonment issues from yeah. their daughter. <laughs> you know, so no. who knows? Who knows? But 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 so there's th- that's a continuing story too, right? Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out on Raw last week. Um, there's been an incredible amount of drama online parsing whether or not they left before or at the beginning or during the broadcast of Monday Night Raw. I, right. Listen, th- this is an it's an important distinction and one that we talked about last week because. You know, if you walk out when you're on the air, then suddenly you're like rewriting on the fly. That's a much bigger deal than much giving different. some than, yeah. than having an hour to even. I mean, even an hour to even twenty minutes to like rebook what's you know to, to to flip the script a little bit. But when all is said and done, and when we finally figure out the story behind this, when we hear what really happened, it's conceivable, it's likely that the time that they left probably didn't is not going to matter too much to the story at the end of the day, right? It might have remat- mattered to the I, reaction to it. Yeah, but to, to the reaction, I would say it's different. But uh, you know, as, as somebody who's like kind of seen how a raw gets put together from beginning to end, like that's usually like an hours long process, and even like in the middle of the show, sometimes some parts of the show are still being finished as raw begins. So. I, I don't think it matters if they left during the show, the beginning of the show, or at the beginning of the day. 
that throws whatever was planned that day into a, a bit of a tailspin. Not a tailspin, but you know, you, you gotta you gotta fill up some time somewhere, you know. And um, I think my whole thing is that whole story being out there is just another example of uh, a narrative trying to be controlled at the moment, right? Like mm-hmm. I think oh. um, you know, dude, I, they have Corey Graves out there. You know, carrying the yeah. water and whatever—that's part of the job. It's part but of like, the job, man. Like but the, I can't, but even, the fact I can't that, even get mad at Corey, bro. Like it's and that's no, my no, guy. No. You know, it's Michael like, Cole's doing it, whatever. But the, the whole thing about—I mean, talk about you can't tell what's kayfabe and what's not. I mean, listen, this is as real as it can be. This is not. This is not part of the story. But when they strip them of the titles on the air, yeah, you it does. You you do have to say like well which which part of this is the story because that's part of the story when they have a tournament to crown new tag team women's tag team champions with the one and a half tag teams that they have right that's part of the story right, right? and as yeah. long and they keep talking about it. i mean they could just say press release these two are indefinitely suspended yeah and then without really commenting on it hey we have a tournament for the women for the tag team championship starting next month or whatever you know like that they, they it doesn't have to be connected they're connecting it right yeah so but I, I think in a weird way in a weird mcmahon mind working sort of way um he's always working right true. so it's like Absolutely even uh, even as much as this is very much real life I think as the pieces start to fall together and and the, the the picture of what happened and what didn't happen gets a little bit more clearer. I think at the end of the day, some way, somehow, Sasha Naomi will end back up on WWE television somehow, and they're gonna have to tell the story. And if you're talking about if if one of the big reasons or one of the reasons that you're leaving the company. Or, or walking out of the shows because you're not getting, you know, the tag team titles are being a little bit disrespected and you're putting our, you know, um, work, hard work that we've put together uh, down the tubes to elevate two other people or other people that you may not feel like is uh, right for you at the moment. Um, I think if you're playing that sort of long game, you're still kind of winning, right? Like you're still kind of get like you, you're kind of proving the point, you know, like now... The, the women's tag team titles are a major story. They're a major True. plot point, you know, real or not. You know, eventually, you know, they're going to crown new women's tag team champions. And those women's tag team champions will be the disputed women's tag team champions. Because eventually, there will always be that story that, like, you didn't beat the champions to get these. So whether it's now, whether it's a year from now, whether it's a couple months from now, I think when it's all said and done... I, I and I have no insight on this. I'm just from the pieces I gather together. I think one way or another, Sasha and Naomi do end back up on WWE TV somehow. And now, what you've been, what is reported to be complained about, the problem solved. Now the women's tag team titles. Now your position. Now that is a main main story, and you kind of figured out a solution without necessarily figuring out that solution, right? Maybe. But we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen yeah. with CM Punk. We've seen it happen with, you know, a, a lot of guys who have walked out, you know, as as champion. And and that's the fun. And we talked about it a few weeks ago. That's the fun about having disputed champions sometimes, right? Like, sometimes having an interim, it, that, that's a story right there. So who knows? Maybe we're all getting worked. Maybe yeah, that's sometimes, the whole story there, Well. Know? Maybe. I don't think we're getting work. Maybe we'll, I don't think so either. You you got <laughs> aggregated a lot last week for talking about them being being on the verge of having new contracts or negotiating contracts. Do you have any more uh, um, 
insight for all those people that are now coming to ca- I do th- 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 to Kaz for their news bites? I do, and I appreciate everybody uh, crediting me as former WWE writer. I've done plenty of other things in my life as well, including this podcast. So I'd love for you to uh, uh, reference host of the Mass Man Show for use this, yeah. this news. But um, yeah, man. Uh, from what I was, from what I heard, and what I was told, and and I think Meltzer also reported it. There's definitely some validity to um, having a contract frozen. Right. And uh, whether however many weeks or months were left on both of their contracts, there's definitely the possibility that they can add extra dates on there because they, quote unquote, didn't show up for work. Um, This happened with uh, the late Brody Lee, uh, formerly known as Luke Harper, when, uh, you know, he was uh, getting ready to leave and you saw a lot of those. Sort of those those uh, those those uh, those appearances that he had towards the end of his run in WWE that weren't necessarily tied up, but you know he had dates to fulfill to get out of his contract, and and that's happened uh, before. Um, reportedly, that's I think what Ali has is possibly going through right now, as far as like having extra dates added on to your contract sure. because of of not being there. But um, that's well, and not there, to you know, say there, this is it's an it's an ongoing thing. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk, and this is not sourced at all, but a lot of you know kind of theorizing that one of the reasons that that uh johnny gargano has been so invisible and so low-key since he left wwe is they were he was they were waiting for his wife's contract to run out because she was both having a child but also she was at a i guess her contract ran longer than his and they didn't want that to be part of the part of their you know arm the part of the leverage that wwe had but and, and who knows if that's true but that's an example of how it could be true so yeah listen uh, my expectation is WWE's already adding on because what's the, the downside for them? I mean, it's it, the only consideration is whether they, if the contracts are literally about to run out, they could they could end up saving some bucks, you know, by right. not by letting them run out. Right. But if we're talking, but if they're if if the plan is the ninety day, you know, release whatever anyway, then it, there's no reason not to add the time on. It's I mean, it's a shitty situation it's, a, it's a very shitty situation and it happened uh, to raymond did you mention ray it happened to ray mysterio too when ray when ray left the, for that the first time, time ray left yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely um so and that's not yeah, to I mean, say they'll do it here but i mean just putting the context clues together and just seeing just how wwe has been very uh reactive to to what's happening it wouldn't surprise me uh but again that's just that's all I know, and um, you know who, well, who we'll knows, see. man. We'll, we'll see. see how that I'm sure. I'm sure a lot more of this will play out, both you know, on screen from the announcers' mouths, and and you know, in the dirt sheets, as they say, as well. Yeah. Um, we're not a dirt keep- sheet here. We're a very reputable podcast and a reputable network. So, former WWE writer Kazee, <laughs> who does lots of other things, please. I pre- I do appreciate the, uh, the 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 credits, though. Thank you. My favorite part is that you just laugh through your last name. There's, there's going to be people on here already trying to figure out how to pronounce your last Fam-u-y name. we <laughs> day. It is not that hard, people. Okay, the E makes an A sound. It's a very Nigerian. You see the flag behind me? It's a very Nigerian thing. Day like Ade and Wale and all those things. You pronounce your E's like A's. Remember that you'll never go wrong, white people and people who can't pronounce. African names. First of all, on behalf of on behalf of all white people who admittedly cannot cannot pronounce your last name, <laughs> there's more than just us. It's not just you guys. It's just easier uh, to blame y'all. Just well, no, none of us can pronounce your name. That's true. But um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about. Let's uh, do it. Oh, well, well, before we get to AW, one more thing. Um, 
the, the on SmackDown last week, the, the Usos unified the titles, <laughs> the tag team titles. We thought they didn't have the tag team title unification match at the last big show. We thought because they were going to tease this out, maybe do it at SummerSlam, whatever. But they just went ahead and did it. And part, and this follows right on the heels of the rumors, which again, if you're coming for us to be the dirt sheet, you're in the wrong place. But I can I, I can uh, co-sign the rumors about. Riddle and Orton being Reigns' next two pay-per-view or PLE, sorry, opponents. Yep. So it, this is pretty clearly the path there, right? Just go and get the, title, the tag team title belts off of them because you know what? They're not available to have a unification match at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. Um, and yeah, it's looking like we're going to get Riddle at Money in the Bank. Um, Roman Reigns, at, I mean, sorry, uh, Roman, yeah, Roman Reigns versus Orton at SummerSlam and then saving Drew McIntyre for Cardiff. Now, maybe they push, they they redo it so it's Reigns versus McIntyre at SummerSlam, and then they have a rematch, or they have, you know, they have uh, McIntyre versus Fury at Cardiff, or, you know, whatever. So there's different ways they can do it, but it does seem like the next two big opponents for Reigns are going to be Riddle and then Orton, which... You know, it seems they're pretty obviously going to lose, but it's very interesting. I mean, Riddle and Orton have been, I've said it before, like the top baby face on Raw going for months now as a team, you know, and and it makes a lot of sense why he'd put him in that position. Uh, and frankly, Orton versus Reign, I mean, Riddle putting Riddle kind of finally getting the shot in the main event is a really big deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, for, for... and, and Orton getting a main event match against, against Reigns is weirdly captivating to me. If you... <laughs> If you told me when Orton, you know, made his last comeback, you're like, yeah, they're thinking about Orton Reigns. I'd be just like, give me a fucking break, you know, <laughs> but this is this is going to be great. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and, and it shows you how much things how quickly things can change in wrestling and your perception of wrestling wrestlers. I, I'll tell you this, man. You got to give it up to Riddle. Um, that's a guy who even since his evolved days, everyone has like penciled in as like a, a, a big WWE star. And, uh, you know, this RK bro run, uh, I, I said for a long time, it was given rock and sock connection vibes for, for the longest It's one of those things where it's like, oh, clearly like, you know, someone's going to turn on somebody and then, you know, we'll have the whole thing there. But I think RK bro ha- is, is going to have some real staying power in WWE, whether as singles competitors, as you know, when they come back for the eventual reunion, um, I'm sure they're selling a whole lot of weed shirts. You know what I mean? Like, they are incredible. And at the beginning of Raw this week, when we saw Riddle give, like, an impassioned babyface promo, like, starting the show. Like, there's three... Yeah. People don't understand. There are three major moments on every single Raw. Who starts the show? Who gets the 10 o'clock hour? And who closes and, the show? And when Cody Rhodes shows up. And when Cody one. Rhodes shows up. And Cody's usually one of those three spots, right? So the, the, those are those are the those are the, the power hours on on Raw. Uh and and Riddle getting the opening spot to, to just cut a promo and then go to break is a underrated huge step for him as an eventual main eventer. So, you know, again. If money in the bank, if if what the rumors are to be true with money in the bank and and uh, reigns and riddle in the main event, money in the bank's a stadium show this year. That's a big fucking deal for for riddle. There were to, there were really weird uns, uh, uncorroborated rumors yesterday that they're talking about moving the show to the MGM Grand, which would be a logistical nightmare. I don't know why oh, they would do God, that. Oh God, no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's so I, I, you know I don't think that money in the bank is going to be 
as far as like the card goes, this is not a WrestleMania card. We're not going to have, you know, right. The Hulk Hogan's not making a comeback for this one, right? You right. Know, this isn't going to be the Rock is not the Rock's not coming out of retirement <laughs> to work money in the bank, but. Yeah, they got to have a huge card. They got to sell out a stadium. It it's like. Vegas. So, it's it's Riddles. Riddles got a lot of uh, uh, real estate in Vegas. Uh, as you know, a former UFC fighter, where he lays his head at. Like, there's a lot of opportunity. If there's there's no bigger opportunity to make a guy than having that moment in what is going to be billed as his hometown against the biggest guy in wrestling right now, Roman Reigns. And, you know, him saying, you know, him pretty much swearing vengeance on the bloodline and specifically Roman Reigns lets you know, like, hey, maybe he doesn't walk out with the title, but it's an opportunity for Riddle to truly show that he belongs at the top because that's that's what this whole thing was about. That's what this whole RK Bro tag team was about. It, it was to you know, really elevate this this guy from NXT, from Evolve to NXT to now uh, at, at the top of the card. And now, and, and, and in addition to what you said about Randy Orton, I think Randy Orton in the past year, ever since the end of his feud with uh, Bray Wyatt, has done such a 180 as far as how people perceive him, right? Like, it was almost like a, I don't know how to, Gosh, like for folks watching basketball right now, he's almost like Al Horford, right? Like he's a guy who was just always around and always dependable. But like now he's getting that sort of renaissance where people are like, oh man, like this dude's been around for 20 years. He's just as good as he's ever been. He's got an opportunity at, at another championship. Like, could you believe it? Like, and then you start looking back at Al Horford's career accomplishments. He's already an NBA champion. He's been a college champion. Like he's still being effective and elevating the youth around him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's Randy Orton to a T right now. So I think fans have really gravitated to babyface Randy because, you know, we're, we're doing the 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 20-year anniversary of that OVW class of Cena, Batista, Orton, Benjamin, uh, and, and, and Lesnar. And, you know, it is great to see that you look up and he's the last guy still there every single week at a top True. level. I will so, say, well, to add one little bit to what you just said, because I totally agree. Yeah. Part of the deal with Randy Orton, when he was at his best prior to this run, to me, it was as a member of the authority, right? And that's because he was sort of playing a like a parody of himself, right? He was playing this like entitled kind of dimwit. Right. You know, I mean, and that's kind of what people's worst interpretation of him was. And when you didn't like that he was getting pushed, you were like, God, why this, you know, like this, it's sort of dull. And he they was leaned playing. into it. He was leaning into it and it was really good. Now, yeah. listen, I mean, part of Randy Orton's problem with wrestling fans is always going to be that he's just like an incredibly well put together, good looking guy who he's not, he's, he's not getting like the red carpet rolled out for him just because he's a second generation wrestler or whatever, right? But he's getting the red carpet rolled out for him because like, Jesus Christ, look at this dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> because he's so talented, because, right, <laughs> exactly. And and that, in my, in the modern, to the modern wrestling fan, there's a little bit of like, well, what about my favorite guy who, you know, has a belly or like, isn't so jacked <laughs> up or like, whatever, you know, there's a part of it that he's just like the jocks that we grew up hating. But you right. know what? There's a, like, how many times, you know that if you know, if there's a jock and you see a guy across the bar, friend of a friend, you're just like, oh man, a meathead, like, like I have to hang out with this dude. But then right. you find out that his best friend is a pothead that you know? <laughs> that changes everything. It's like, 
It changes I'm everything. A, I was all wrong about this guy the whole yeah. time. <laughs> I really think Riddle is humanized Orton in a way that yes. like, it would have been impossible for anybody else to do. Yes. I, I've said anyway. this for, for many months, and I, I, I thought it's the best career arc storyline-wise that I've seen in a long time. Randy Orton has been known as a sadistic, evil, spoiled, uh, you know, brat for most of his career. Then he just became like supremely evil and like literally burned people to death. And then like at the peak of his evilness, at the peak of like, okay, like now he's just murdering people on TV. He finds a friend who has good weed (laughs) and all of a Mm -hmm. sudden he's much more likable. And who can't relate to that? (laughs) Like who can't relate to that type of story? So it's 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 dope that you know we're, we're probably not going to see Randy for a bit. I think they kind of wrote him off uh, in this injury angle, so we probably won't see him until that sort of run to either Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. And uh, man, that pop when he comes back is going to be like, oh yeah, we got money here. You know what I mean? So yep. uh, Randy and and yeah, and, and another underlying it- story, he's there. With Cena, with Flair, with the title reigns, like he can, he can tie Cena. He can tie Flair. He could be in that rare era of sixteen-time world champion with this oh, victory. Yeah. So not only is it a fun uh, main event, not only are you interested in it because like people are really digging Randy Orton right now. There's historical context on the line as well. So yeah. it it true. should be it should be really dope. Uh, and it's true. A very fitting SummerSlam main event if it, if it goes down. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's roll on to uh, AEW. A um, lot of other stuff that we could talk about, but this is the big thing. Double or Nothing is this weekend. It's a super big show, um, obviously. Huge and, show. Huge show. And we got a lot of big matches. Now, Ramp, I mean, sorry, Dynamite last night set up, teed up a lot of this stuff. Um, well, there was a lot of things that we could talk about at Dynamite too, but I want to just jump right to the main event because we have CM Punk against... Uh, against Hangman Adam Page for the AEW title. And last night we got this, first of all, I've said this before, the past like month, every week has felt like the go-home show. Like this match was teed up. As soon as they announced it, it was already ready to go. It could, I mean, this was, it was set. And they keep building, you know, just just tweaking it a little bit every week, just getting you more and more excited. And I mean, they, it's just, all they got to do is press play, but they do this like double promo segment last night that was just kind of weird. Like, and I don't, just weird in the sense that, like, I need to talk about this. So Adam Page gets in the ring, and the whole whole story that they've been telling 
or the or the subtext of the whole story they've been telling is is CM Punk going to turn heel or is oh wait is Adam Page going to turn heel like is that what's going on here and now it's sort of I think boomeranging back and I think that the most I don't say the most charitable because they could do a lot of fun stuff with this but I think that the sto- the version of the storyline that I buy into the most is that Cole I mean that Punk is going to be the one that turns heel but Page is going to and Page is going to be in a position of defeated and or whether or not he has the belt he's going to be he's going to be you know, so hurt or so like whatever. Like he, he'll be a little bit defeated by the whole thing, but he'll be able to say, I saw this coming. Like yeah. all these promos I was cutting, I knew that Punk was going to do this. And that will be his opportunity to sort of like re-engage down the road or whatever. Um, I don't know who's going to win on Sunday. We can get to that. But but so, but so but anyway, they there was this promo thing last night where, where Paige says that he's here to defend AEW from CM Punk, not the title. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because there is a version of this sort of meta, you know, a little bit work shooty storyline where he's like, I'm one of the originals. We built this company. You want, you were too scared to join in year one. And then you come in, take all this money. And now you think you're the best, right? He could say that. And that would be a freaking great storyline. The thing is, he's not saying it. He's like yeah. wink. He's winking at it. So why would you wink at it and not say it, right? Because it's a really good storyline. The only the the it's either that that Tony Khan is maybe correctly saying, well, the audience for this match for AEW knows all this stuff, right? So I'm just going to make it a little bit more let let them work on it, work a little bit harder for it. Um, or it's what Meltzer has, I think, referred to uh, sort of on one of his recent shows, at least quietly, that maybe there's some real stuff going on under here. Maybe there's a little bit of like legit heat between these guys or there's a little bit of heat on punk in the locker room. And I don't usually like to talk about this stuff because it's, well, really hard for us to have any vocabulary to have to talk about it in a real way. Right. right. I mean, it just it all seems it's all sort of fake by the time it gets out of your mouth. But. It is sort of interesting, right? I mean, there is going to be, it's just human nature. Like CM Punk, anyone in that position is going to come in with some heat. It doesn't matter how many dudes he like watches tape with. It doesn't matter how much, you know, how many guys he elevates in the ring. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you come in and you make, you know, X times more than everybody else who's there and you're like taking TV time away from them. And, and listen, I mean, that part is legitimate. It's been an ongoing conversation. And, and Mm -hmm. to some extent, I mean, my argument against it has always been, well, you can make it work, right? It, but it is. But if you want to look at a, if you want to look at the card that's you know that, that's coming up and just and say you know for double or nothing, and you can say, like, you know, the Keith Lee Swerve Strickland uh, Team Taz feud has happened almost entirely on Rampage, right? right? I mean, this is like one of the greatest, one of the best things they have going. Then yeah, right. there's some legitimacy there. So CM Punk, yes, is taking your TV time. Yeah, he's taking. The he, I mean, listen. If you're if you're Adam Page, you work and shoot. Spent the first however long, eighteen months of this company, earning your way to the top. And by the time you got there, there was somebody else who was like really working the main events instead of you, right? Mm-hmm. This guy, the guy who was like, like, like talking to the crowd after the show goes off the air is not you. It's CM yeah. Punk. Right? Yeah, I mean, we, we we've spoken about it a lot, and I think fans have spoken about it a lot that. Adam Page is the AEW world champion, but doesn't seem like the most important person on the show where all we've been sold about AEW is wins matter, championships matter, the uh-huh. main event goes last, and the well, champion and the, listen, goes in the, the main story event. Line. 
the, and, the creative, and, and you, the creative and you matters. Work that, and you could work that into a storyline, right? And yeah. I think that's what they're doing. And I think um, what and, and 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 they've done it brilliantly, honestly. Like I was sitting there captivated with that promo, seeing Adam Page show some true emotion. Mm-hmm. And say many things that a lot of people thought about CM Punk, but not in a way that seemed heelish. And yeah. definitely not in a way that seemed like it was going to end at double or nothing. It seemed like it was going to be the beginning. Punk seemed a little bit too perplexed as to why Paige was, quote, taking this so personally, right? Um, you look at what Paige said, and whether you believe it or not, kayfabe or not, CM Punk is not the best wrestler in the world anymore. He can call himself best in the world all he can, all he wants to. Well, but he I might think, be the best wrestler he's ever been. Weirdly he's, enough, he, he yes, might be, he's not he might the be best better than he's ever been. But the argument when when that when that moniker first was 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 put down, it was not easy to de- it was not hard to defend it. Now you can name at least four or five people where you're like, yeah, Punk's good. And yeah, he may be a little bit longer in the tooth, but he's definitely not the guy who is like, he said it. He's like, you talk about work rate all the time and I've seen you all uh, since you came back and you've done nothing to impress me. And to be honest, man's got a little bit of a point. Like he looks good. He looks capable. He looked, he's still a star. He's still obviously a guy who, who, who makes a lot of noise every time he's on TV commentary and a match whatever he's still a megastar but when you specifically say i you talk about work rate and i've seen these to come back and have done nothing to impress me kind of got a side with page on this on right and 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 in addition to that i think in the long-term storyline when you talk about who's turning heel who's turning this who's turning that i think what tony khan and AEW are thinking right now or i hope they're thinking right now is can I get CM Punk booed in Chicago? They've done the Chicago homecoming so many times. It is their, it is the apex of AEW so far. Their biggest moment moments have been in Chicago. The biggest moment has been CM Punk returning in Chicago. If they are smart, when Forbidden Door happens, in, which is in Chicago, can they get this man booed as champion in a pay-per-view called Forbidden Door where he's probably going to wrestle somebody that is a a dream match. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know who he's going up against, but if he does become champion and they do go into Chicago with CM Punk as the AEW world champion in in what might be AEW's biggest pay-per-view because they're doing a whole lot of cross-branding from ROH, New Japan, all 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 these promotions, can you get this guy booed? So... What I'm thinking is, dude. I mean, so go on, go on. I'm, what, I'm, I'm, I mean, could you? Is it possible? I mean, that's a really good question. It's, it's po- I think it's. Po- listen, it's. There's no mistake that they did that 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 promo on the three year anniversary of the company in Las Vegas, where they had the first double or nothing. I think all that was purposely done. I think if AEW wants to really show how far they've come as far as saying we can build stars and create stars better than any wrestling company on the world, in the world. Adam Page is your test subject. He is the guy who has been, who has told the longest story from going to the bottom to the top 
being an AEW original, never really been, uh, never been to WWE, never been anywhere. And if you can be- make him a sympathetic figure against a guy who many believe, and and he's and Page ain't the first one to say it. Kingston has said it. Uh, uh, um, a lot of people who have come back, MJF has said it. All of these guys have said the same thing about Punk. Like, yo, we know you're this big, nice, cuddly, changed CM Punk, but we know who you really are deep down inside. We know who you really are. And I think a lot of people, and I think Punk himself, can't wait to be that guy again. Be that be that dude. I don't know. If they can pull that off, if they can get him booed in Chicago, well, if, even not in Chicago, man, if you, I mean, if it weren't Chicago, could you, is, is there anything you can do? I mean, who's going to get cheers in Forbidden, forbidden Door over CM Punk? Like Okada? Is he going to get cheer, cheered over CM Punk? It's a wrestling Dude, crowd, like man. Antonio it, Inoki wouldn't get cheered over CM Punk <laughs> in Chicago. It's a wrestling I mean, crowd, man. You got to, he's got to do some dastardly shit. Yeah, in the next couple well, of I months. Well, I will say this: uh, uh, Punk's beard looked super shaggy last night. Oh yeah, and you know that CM Punk is is a big. big you, you know that that he changes his look in a Chris Jericho fa- style fashion every time he wants a big character change. You remember like the mutton and chops, the CM Punk. Never you remember missed, the yeah. And the, and you remember the, the, the shaved tees. head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, CM Punk's a big fan of that, so maybe I mean, if he comes out, you know, if, at double or nothing with the shaggy beard and like a faux hawk or something, then I think we're gonna know that you know something's afoot. But you know, we'll see, we'll see. My here's the thing, here's what really caught me in that whole promo. It wasn't just what Adam Page said; it was that Punk's response is that he accused him of talking in circles, and then he got to the meat of the of the conversation. Right. The talking in circles jab felt like a real jab, yeah, because. Page was kind of talking in circles, right? He was, and you and and if and and Punk, but but it was clear that the that the the storyline had been determined because then Punk got to it. He talked about it, right? So you didn't need to point out the fact that your opponent is talking in circles unless you just want to, you know, <laughs> let him have one. You know, I mean, it's just so it's it's it was kind of weird. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not I won't, won't read into it, but it's kind of, even though it's kind of fun to read into it. But I think listen, I'm ex- very excited about this match. I don't know what we're about to see because you're right. This is I mean, CM Punk's not the best in the world. Adam Page is a much better pro wrestler than him, but Punk is at his at you know is at a weird late career apex and. But you know, I, I don't know what Punk's going to be paying homage to in this match. I don't know what like how their I styles think, are going to click. I mean, it's going to be really, really cool to watch. I think Punk has uh, worn out the. I'm a pro wrestler. I'm a veteran. I'm a respectful guy, and I'm a changed man. I think he's worn that out for the past year. Yeah, uh, we're getting to the point where it's almost been a year since he's been back. Yeah, and he's been a sweet hot white meat baby face this entire time i think any and anybody who's followed punk anybody who's seen him in ring of honor anybody who's seen him in wwe as big as he is as best in the world baby face cm punk he i know he's chomping at the bit to get into his bad guy bag and I no, think I think so to too. The problem is we have a little bit of this John Cena thing going on with them, which is super ironic given their shared history. But <laughs> exactly. like the problem with Cena, you know, the Cena heel turn for so long was what we, what we used to always say. Well, we got to worry about t-shirt sales. We got to worry about Make-A-Wish visits, right? I mean, there, yeah. I don't know how many Make-A-Wish visits AEW is doing, but CM Punk is, like I just said, he's the guy that like talks to the crowd after the show goes off the air, right? I mean, he's their biggest star. He's going to get yep. their biggest cheers, whatever else. And you're forfeiting that if you if you turn him heel. Now, obviously, it matters a whole lot less in 2022. Roman Reigns has proved that, but we all knew that anyway. Mm-hmm. But 
but and and, oh, and oh, listen, oh, and Roman listen, Reigns is CM big. Punk, he's, he's got big Cena vibes on the house shows on the, on yeah. the live events. <laughs> he's the but best. but he's CM Punk guy. and Tony Khan are certainly f- just like frothing at the mouth to work to work, have Punk have Punk turn heel. Like it's a fun wrestling gimmick. It's like it's somebody. It's a thing that you'd want. It's a story you'd want to tell. So it's gonna happen. And this is probably the time that they're gonna start at least like you know winking at it I, hopefully they'll get a big storyline push on, on sunday and not just like a match i don't want to see them shaking hands although with all the with all like the you know homage matches that punk has been doing everything's like a, you know a reference to a match that came before it would be incredibly funny if they just did move for move hogan warrior you know and, <laughs> and just with i guess i guess punk is hogan in this case so he doesn't have the belt to hand over but you know you could basically do it and it would just be like uh, would, the internet would break trying to decide whether or not this was incredible that they were able to pull this perfect pastiche or not pastiche is perfect homage yeah. off you know or just yeah. that, like this is why did they why did they pick the worst match to do, <laughs> to do this to anyway uh that match is going to be fire i can't wait to see what happens can't wait. i'm excited that there's some real life stuff potentially involved i mean there's so much stuff and i think that the biggest problem with page i'm sorry i'm backtracking I don't mind how the, the kind of his scarcity, right? I, I think that there's a real, I think that there's one thing that the roster size of AEW has been able to prove, which is that like, it's actually pretty cool if your big stars show up less, right? It makes yes. it feel like a big deal when they show up. Yes. But the problem is that every time Paige shows up, he's sort of like sad that he hasn't been on TV more. You know, <laughs> like you tell me like that's his <laughs> like he's, like, he, he shouldn't mention it, right? Like he yeah. needs to lean into the fact like I'm a big deal. But he can't though because he's a baby. He's a fighting baby yeah. face champion. So he wants to be on, he wants to defend the title, wants to be there all the time. But in reality, if you're the world champ, if you're that dude, you your your presence should be a present, man. Like you shouldn't should. be you should be you should be a big deal every time you come through. And and according to some fans, that hasn't felt like that. So if they're gonna start digging into that a little bit more, or they're just gonna do the easy thing and just lean into giving the title to the guy who is the big deal every time he shows up, which is punk, then that's a whole nother story that you're willing to tell there. And uh Punk hasn't been uh shy about it in that promo too. He said, Hey, listen. All those roads you went through, I paved them. Like I, I built this place. Even though I did, I wasn't a day one guy. But all these guys are here because I built the roads of independent wrestling that made a place like AEW even possible, which is true. But um, it's uh, there's a lot of meat on that bone, man. And I haven't said that a while in a while about an AEW storyline. But I think this is exactly. I think this is what Punk has been wanting to do since he came back. I think the year that he's taken to kind of show that he can still do it on a level that he feels comfortable with, I think now he's at a level, like you said, that he is comfortable being able to tell this story that he wants to tell. As in like, listen, I know I've been gone for a while, but let's not pretend that you're not all here because of the shit that I've done, whether it's the pipe bomb, whether it's the literally building ring of honor whether it's the independent scene whether it's the young bucks all these people are 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 in my dna which he has said many times in a much more humble tone when he stops being humble then it's going to be very interesting tv yeah i agree uh i can't wait to see what they do i mean the fact they're the fact they've even pulled the trigger on putting punk in the title match is a big deal you know i mean it, it shows that they're that he's not just there to you know just he's not just there to sell tickets. And kiss babies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Run around kissing fat girls like like Batista said. <laughs> 
All right, let's move on to the rest of the card. MJF Wardlow has been built about as like meticulously, methodically, sorry, as any storyline has ever been built. Again, going back to almost the very beginning of AEW. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we saw the cage match um, between Spears and Wardlow last night. That was just, what I mean, what a intense match to be icing on the cake, you know, to, to, for this to be the go home or whatever. But, man, we're, it's, they're raising the stakes and raising the stakes. I think Wardlow said in an interview that he's going to, he's going to set a world record for power bombs in this match. He's just going to power bomb MJF till he literally can't lift him anymore. I mean, conventional wisdom says that Wardlow's going to win just because he's, I mean, that's the story that they're telling, right? And who knows if that's true, but regardless, they've made a star. Well, they've made two stars, I guess. I mean, MJF, you know, when he first locked, locked up with Wardlow, it was not like he was a household name. Yeah. But MJF was the, you know, the, the primary star and Wardlow's just, you know, took the Batista route and is now just as, as, as over. I mean, you can see it on TV and you can hear it from people who've been there. Wardlow gets a pop like nobody else when he comes out. He's got the hell of an entrance, but just that people are crazy about this guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they built him incredibly well. Uh, the handcuffs, the security, the, you know, MJF just being a perfect foil. Quick sidebar. Dude got jacked, right? Like MJF was standing next to 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 Wardlow last night with the sh- with the cutoff sleeves and the Shawn Michaels tribute shorts, and I'm just like, he's not that much smaller than Wardlow, right? Like I, I, for a while, I was like, oh man, this guy's gonna get ran through. And you said that's his biggest, that's MJF's best trait, right? Like he wears suits all the time, and he dresses in a way that every time you see him get into wrestling mode, you're almost taking it back. Like, did not know you were that good of a wrestler. Did not know you were that built. And uh, he's, he's he's been getting ready for this match for a while. More on that later. But, um, yeah, man, Wardlow is like, for lack of a better uh, comparison, got some Ultimate Warrior in him, right? Like, got some, you know, Goldberg, Batista... You know, like it, it's he's got some sports entertainer in him, like you know, in a, in a company that is big on pro wrestling and work rate and all that type of stuff. You need a big jack dude who has that sort of fiery momentum every single time they come out, and uh, you know, down to the entrance, down to the the lashings that he took that he completely yeah. no sold last week, which is incredible. Uh, I mean, they, listen, they've just, been telling this, they've been telling the story, like I said, for a long time, it, yes. but it also feels like every week they have a gimmick that could be like a month of storytelling at this point. Yes. Right. I mean, they're just giving us so much week after week. Um, you know, because the stipulation, especially it seems like Wardlow's going to win this match, you know, if he, so he can get released from his MJF contract. And if MJF wins, I think it's that Wardlow is banned from AEW or something like that. But it wouldn't be impossible to consider that route, right? Had get Wardlow banned by some nefarious means and get reinstated, and that's old school wrestling. Right? Oh yeah, I mean, that's that that to have Wardlow come back in a mask, uh, <laughs> you know, do one of these uh, yellow dog or whatever, you know, gimmicks. Who knows? Midnight Rider. I mean, but it, it, there's a lot of fun you could have with him losing. So I'm I'm think, actually yeah. picking MJF because it's too, it's a little bit too too laid out. For, I mean, the it's story too, is obviously Wardlow overcomes, right? Right. But in terms of like win loss, I think that MJF, uh, I'm going to go with MJF by a hair. Yeah. All these matches that we always assume MJF should lose 
kind of never does, right? Like, mm-hmm. he always kind of finds a way. So, uh, I'm with you on this one. I got MJF winning this. Wait, wait sorry. What's your, what's, what's, what's our official picks for, for Paige Punk? What do you, who do you have? I think Punk wins in nefarious fashion. I think Punk wins in, in, in a dastardly way. And, uh, you know, we start the, the run of the, we start a brand new summer of Punk. I think it starts right there at Double or Nothing. And he's going to do something. It's been too, the, the, the buildup has been way too, he's been too, you know, something's got to give. I can't, it's I not going to be a wrestling match. And I, think I agree that something's got to give. Uh, my only consideration is, is Forbidden Door that I think that, that, that they might not, because of what you said, getting get the, the Project Bane to get Punk booed there. I just don't know if they can afford to have Punk booed there. Like, I just don't know if that's, if it's, you know, to, to get it wrong for that event, that might be too much to add, too much to, to, to worry about. So, man, I mean, part of me thinks that we're going to get, they're going to tease it out. Like, Paige is going to win. Paige is going to win by cheating, but he's not actually the villain. You know, yeah. like it's going to turn out that punks, whatever. So I'm going to go with Paige, but it's, I don't know. It, I have a really hard time picking that one. All right. We got to keep rolling. Uh, we got Hardys versus Bucks, the dream match of dream matches Yeah. Uh, in the tag team ranks. Um, I think the Bucks are, I mean, without going into it too much, because it's not like the story here is particularly deep. Right. I think that, I think the Bucks are going to win. I mean, I think, but, but I don't, because I don't know really what's in it for the Hardys to win. Although the Bucks can eat the loss. Like there's, it could re- this could really go either way. Yeah, I agree. I think I I got the Hardys winning strictly because the Bucks can eat the loss, and um, I think it would do more for the Hardys at this point. And I know we they're legends. I know they have nothing to prove, but I do believe that you're leaving a lot of money on the table, not having a, a late resurgence of the Hardy Boys in your tag team true. division. You know that's what I mean? True. So, But what's it going to uh, be? The Hardys really need to Bucks, run through everybody? I mean, that's... Nah, I'm, but like, you know, you beat the Young Bucks, you're automatically in that conversation, right? Like, the Young Bucks are kind of like the tag team Cody's now, right? Like, they're, they're, yeah. that, they're that team where yeah. they're almost like a gatekeeper. And once you beat them, you immediately, immediately establish yourself as a, as a tag team threat. So, I mean, there's so many... I mean, between them, FTR, Swerve and Lee... Yeah, um, I just feel Boy, like you got to do. Yeah, we got a triple threat that we'll talk about next. But but I just think that you got. I just feel like there's got to be. Like, what's the net? What, what are they doing with the Bucks? Like, what are they doing with the Bucks? You know, I mean, maybe the thing is that they lose, and then the, uh, Adam Cole wins the Owen tournament, and he gets that to lord over them a little bit. And right. are they are they just going to wait till Kenny Omega comes back for the Bucks to really matter? I don't know. I just feel like the Bucks are going to win because it just feels like they it's actually a more functional storytelling device but it's not i don't i don't know it it could go either way that's what's great about this um house of black versus death triangle this should be the match i'm most excited about and i'm not and i feel like you know like they've done they've told the story i guess you know it but the story here is that these two crews really hate each other there's not like they no. haven't like really leaned into the spookiness or the morbidity or, or anything that's really in story. It's just like, you know, somebody will do something like this. Malachi will do something and death triangle will make a run in and we'll just keep this going for two months. I mean, this could be the match of the night, you know, I mean, even, even in any piece of any, like one-on-one version of this could be match of the night. Right. I mean, you have six, just like supremely talented dudes in this match. Um, all, I mean, let me look through. Yeah, I mean, all depending on what you think about Buddy Matthews, but no, all six of them like potential headliners for this company, right? I agree. And and so, 
uh, a little, and I think part of the problem with this feud is that that putting them in trios feuds, and I guess there's rumors that the trios belts are already made, you know, so they're going to, they just have to wait for when they're going to debut them. But the trios feud does sort of put a damper on anybody, any single person's star power. And there's just not enough space for all this charisma, you know, for all this character <laughs> work. So whatever. I mean, I think that, I think that because, well, again, the story that you'd want to tell is House of Black winning and moving on to something bigger and better because as a unit, they're more significant to this company, right? right. Uh, Death Triangle does not need to continue to exist in trios form, although, like I said, with the trios belts, you would probably keep them together. But also the sort of schmozziness of this feud, and I don't use that term with any particular as any particular insult, uh -huh. but the fact that it does, it is just going to be six supremely talented dudes going at it leaves it open for the possibility that this is just a feel good baby face win situation, right? Because like in a, in a six man match, like how much is Malachi Black really going to lose by the other team going over? You know, there's so many ways to book this to make both both teams look strong. And by the way, if you're Kaz and you're picking MJF winning and heel and heel turn CM Punk winning, then you might need a little baby face win here. I guess the Hardys would, get, would provide that too. But you know, I mean, it's it's not impossible to think. So I'm going to go with death triangle but i don't again not feeling good about it yeah i'm not feeling good about it either and that's why i'm going with house of black i think uh if you got trios tags coming soon um you just bought ring of honor who did have a sick uh, a, a trios tag title for a while um and there's lots of trios tags out there that you could bring in for forbidden door um it makes most sense to go with the established uh team that's kind of been to, uh, carrying the bulk of the story and um yeah, I think for that reason, I'm going with Black Murphy and uh, and and uh, Big Fella Brody. Totally Brody reasonable. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Uh, oh, sorry. I said we're going to do the tag match next. Let's do the tag match now. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, your tag team champions versus uh, Starks and Hobbs versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, like match I said, of the night. Been, yeah, match of the I mean, night. Can't wait for my fall. Jungle ahead, Boy. Jungle Boy is. Uh, he had a good look last night. It wasn't one of his obviously one of his best matches, but like he, this guy in tag matches, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, like 
we've said it before. They fall ass backwards into matches of the night, like without even trying. It's like because you underestimate them no matter what. And then somehow all these matches turn out to be just absolute killers. Uh, I think that um, I don't know how to pick this. Jungle Boy's been on a little bit of a losing streak in singles competition. I'm not sure if that applies to this match. Um, the story they've been telling with Team Taz, with, you know, Starks and Hobbs and, and Lee and Strickland has been has been really, really good. As said, it hasn't gotten quite enough dynamite spotlight for sure. Right. Um, and, but so I don't know. It's hard to, it's really hard to predict. I would love to see. Well, I mean, as much, I mean, I've enjoyed Swerve and Lee more than I thought I would. I mean, even though I love both of them to death, their chemistry has been really good. Like the way they've told the story has been really good. I still mm. don't like, in my head, they're still not a tag team, right? I right. mean, they're still not like, a, like a, 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 a unit, although they have a t-shirt out that they share now. So, um, so my instinct is to go. Well, the instinct in a triple threat match has got to be, I mean, the first first answer has to be that the champions retain. It's a triple threat match, right? And then right. beyond that, but I really, I think I just really want to see Starks and Hobbs with the tag team belts. I think they could do magic with them. I think it's a, they, they're like a perfect team for the AW tag team titles right now. So I'll probably pick them just out of hope. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You pick first. I, I got Swerve and Lee, man. I think uh I think that I think the tag team titles do change hands here. Uh for a different reason than you though. I do I think I think Jungle Boy is a solo star, man. Like I think that dude I think is, so too. And that is the to, story. They're so they're kind of leaning into that story a little bit. Yeah. yeah, like I think it's time for Jungle Boy to kind of see what he could do on his own. He's too big of a he kind he's so good you forget he's like Luke Perry's son and like good looking and a hell of a worker and like bigger than advertised. I think like the shorts kind of make him seem like he's like a short dude, but he's not really that small. Uh, but that has nothing to do with why I'm picking Swerve and Lee. I just think Swerve and Lee are just an amazing tag team right now. And they've been hitting on all cylinders. I think um, they can tell a lot more stories um, than Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus as tag team champions. I think... Um, I honestly think they probably got a little bit more star power than Starks and Hobbs right now. Uh, Swerve has been on an absolute tear lately. They got a killer finish. I mean, like, I just I just love... And on top of that, I think you got to capitalize on the momentum of getting both of those guys at the time you got them, right? Yeah, I no, think Keith you know Lee... What? You've won me over. You've yeah. won me over. They got to win. They got to win. I think, I, mean, I think this is Swerve and Lee's match to lose, man. Like they got, they need some charisma. They need some charisma. I think the AEW champions need a little bit of charisma and not for nothing. There's a handful of people that get chance when they come out. And on the bottom end of that top five people who get chance, that whose house, Swerve's house is a real thing. Uh, Keith Lee is forever and ever over no matter what he does and uh, I think they just have some incredible charisma that yeah. they can bring to I the agree. table so uh, I think I, I, I'm hoping I have no inside information I'm hoping for Swerve and Lee to walk out AEW tag team champions I, I love both those guys more than anything. And also, Star, like Starks, I think, I've, I don't know if I've said it on the show, I was not a true believer of NWA Ricky Starks when everybody was going nuts on him. Yeah. I just wasn't there when he signed with AEW, still wasn't there. But he's one of my favorite dudes in the whole company. He's oh, yeah. so good. 
He's got everything. that. He's got that flamboyance about him that's so perfectly heelish. He's got mm-hmm. like he's like he's giving me like he gives me like model Rick Martel vibes, but like oh, a, yeah. a, a super duper tiny splash of 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 Nation of Domination rock. Just as far mm-hmm. as like his personality and stuff, and he can go, and he's a good looking dude, and he's like a great shit talker as well. I'm yeah. a big fan of Ricky Starks. I just don't think they win the titles uh, in this match. Yeah, Ricky Starks is going to be a super duper star. It's just, uh, it's, I mean, say the same thing about Swerve, Keith Lee, Jungle Boy. There's a lot of star power in this match. Weirdly, sure. I just hit refresh by accident on this page, and the entire on Wikipedia, the entire match lineup changed order. So <laughs> I'm not sure what I don't know what we're supposed to make of the fact that the that the House of Black Death Triangle match just got moved from like the third semi main event to the bottom of the card. But anyway. Um, Quick picks, uh, Cargill, Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. I think Cargill's going to win that match. You agree? Yeah, not much to talk there. Jade Cargill is going to just roll through women until a big woman star comes over or she finally gets the Britt Baker match or a title for title match with Thunder yeah. Rosa. So. I'm saving Britt for the end on purpose, guys. Uh, yes. Hookhausen versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. This is definitely, this is a sure thing. Hook and Danhausen uh, win. I've been enjoying what they're doing. It's, it's this is really the best use of everybody involved in this match. So, you know, it's it's not often you get to say that. Yeah. Um let's see. Uh Jericho Appreciation Society versus Kingston Santana Ortiz versus Blackpool Combat Club in a uh anarchy, anarchy in, the, in arena the arena match. match. <laughs> um I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't there's so much going on here. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that you can really, I mean, there's no wrestling logic to apply here, right? No. I mean, it, there, there's no, there's no one person that needs to go over more than anybody else unless it's, unless you want to make the case for Blackpool Combat Club, you know, just in, in terms of like their continued legitimacy as just like unstoppable ass kickers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, what are you going to say here? What are you going to say here? Like, I don't like how, like, how do we, how do we, how do we even determine the winner here? I have no idea, man. I think, uh, I think only because the Blackpool combat club has got a little bit more bigger names in there with Kingston, Santana Ortiz, Moxley, Danielson, Regal's been getting a lot of shit talk about like his his rehab and all this type of stuff. Jericho's good for a comeuppance. He's a guy who can who could eight a million losses and it'll never really truly matter. I do think um, you know, the guys in Jericho Appreciation Society need uh, a, a pretty much a strong victory, but I just I I think they've put too much into this this collective to see them lose so early as a collective. I mean, I think, and I think it's too easy to say that even as like the third additional members on the babyface team, that like Santana Ortiz or 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 Kingston are going to be there to eat the pin. You know, I mean, they're just as important. And Santana Ortiz are still just waiting right there to get yep. like another big push or to get the singles push for either of them. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I mean, it, it's it's a it, okay. So I think essential. I'm reading right now. Uh, essentially, no rules in the bout. Um, just it's going to be a brawl over the arena. Another one of those stampede uh, stadium stampede style matches. So this could be a whole lot of fun. I still think it's going to, I think that the safest bet is that it's going to end up in the middle of the ring with, with, you know, with Danielson and, and uh, Moxley just like 
punching somebody in the face. Yeah. Because the Jericho Appreciation Society has just been like magic together, but man, they have um they have a lot of dispo a lot of people who can eat a pin on that one too. Oh yeah. So one thousand percent. They they should be called eat a pin, that group. <laughs> like three of those guys. At least Daniel three Garcia, of those guys can take it. Yeah, Daniel Garcia has been just like doing amazing work as a sports yeah. entertainer. I've been really, really been enjoying that. Um Big anyway, Garcia I'm looking fan. forward to this match because we know what the stadium stampede matches can be. We know they've done I mean, they've done stuff like this, obviously, with great, great success. So see how Danielson and Moxley fit into that rubric is what's going to be really interesting. And I just, and whatever, it doesn't matter who wins. I can't fucking wait to see it. Yeah. Um, uh, do, is all we, oh no, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb for the women's championship match. Serena Deeb is one of my like just personal idols right now. I mean, she's just doing such good work. That promo she cut last week, mixed reviews, but I thought it was just, just fantastic. Thunder Rosa, uh, not been given the TV time you might expect for a women's champion. Mm. Um, she said she's been out there doing a lot of like charity appearances or whatever. So whatever. Mm. Uh, mm. Mm. But um, I'm kind of shocked because Thunder Rose is one of those that you just got to look at her and you're just like, well, there's one of your mega stars right there. There's one of your crossover stars. Like, but what, so I don't know. Your hand is raised. I have, I have say, a confession to make, yo. Yeah. I might have been too hard on Burt Baker, yo. I might have oh. been too hard on Burt Baker because I felt the same thing about Thunder Rosa. Right? Like, and as soon as Thunder Rosa got away from Britt Baker, she immediately became not as interesting. And I think we got to give props to Britt for making those feuds, those matches, everything. Making her passion. Because Thunder Rosa, she's a passionate wrestler, right? Like, she's fiery. She's Latina. She's got that going for her. And um, I think that fiery that fiery passion balances so well off a person like Britt Baker. So I think she got elevated a lot quicker. And obviously, she's a worthy AEW Women's Champion. But yeah, man, it's just ugh. I'm gonna say uh, it's not doing no, much for me. Man. I, I'm not. I don't think I, she's I losing. I don't think she's losing. I think she I retains. can't co-sign this. I think she retains, and I can't. I just can't co-sign it because she hasn't been really given the opportunity. Now maybe yeah. You know, that's maybe that's for a specific reason. Okay, but whatever. If she does, yes, that's true. Um, But uh, I mean, it's like there's a champion, there's like a huge championship. I mean, champions handicap in AEW. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, but that's, that's another thing. They're not, I mean, it's like we talked about with Paige, man. I mean, if he was out there closing every show, maybe that's the real problem. Maybe you're not, maybe I'm not not saying it would be better if if they were booking it like Monday Night Raw. But there certainly would we wouldn't be complaining about Adam Page not getting enough TV time if they were right. I mean, there's right. an obvious fix to it. It's you just click over to the other channel. Right. But yeah, so I mean, whatever. I, I think that she's going to win. She deserves to win. I also think Serena Deeb is just like I said, an absolute star. So I think I'm looking forward to the match. I think that Deeb's going to do a really good job. I think they're going to. I'm hoping for some good chemistry in this match. I think that I they think, have, oh, that yeah. it has potential. As a potential for this to be a good one, and it and it will be. Now to your other, uh, and and that's that's my that's another point I wanted to make before. Uh, I think that's 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 where it ends, right? Because as soon as they get in the ring, I have no doubt they're going to put on an absolute banger, right? Like yeah. I'm just thinking of the lead up, the build of the champion, well, how she's kind of carried herself as the world champion for a minute. I think that that's that's only, that's been my only issue. Uh, yes, but to your other point, Britt Baker is in the finals of the Owen Car, the Owen Hart, the Owen Cup, uh, car, Matt, or tournament against either Ruby Soho or Chris Statlander. We don't know at the time of recording. And, man, that match he had with Tony Storm last night was not good and was not and was not 
like the entire world joined in and said, this is not the, this should have been the opportunity to put Tony Storm over in this moment. Tony Storm has looked like, and she was always good. She's looked like a new wrestler since she's been in AEW. She's freaking on fire. She's so good. The, the, the thing about the Owen Cup is that it doesn't feel like necessary to put it, put one of your, you know, to, to have your biggest star in the main event, right? Like the, like the tournament is the, is the star sort of in this case. And, and so it just feel like a weird move to put Baker over, especially with the freaking, you know, rope assisted roll up, like shitty win yeah. that we've seen a million other times. It's just, I don't know. It, 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 it didn't feel right to me. And I, I would be so excited to see Tony Storm versus, Chris Statlander or even Ruby Soho, you know, like that would be a much more fulfilling match. Now, maybe it's just we need Britt Baker to be in a big match at the pay-per-view and this is how it fit, but it still just seems, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like the right move, especially even talking about Thunder Rosa. Like if you, it's like Thunder Rosa was sort of like the 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 second wave of the women's movement and or the women's of women's wrestling in AEW Baker's obviously there from the start but if you look at the, I mean there's just so many good wrestlers good female wrestlers in WWE I mean WWE in AEW now um it's just kind of crazy that we have people that are just I mean that, that we're just hanging around Britt Baker for so long I mean yeah she's good on, she's a good character she's good on the mic like is this but is I don't know it just it just doesn't feel I don't. I don't even know. It, I think. I feel like having. Bray I think we're trying to find like, excuses for yeah. how they pick, how, how they've booked their. Like I've had my issues with Thunder Rosa. You've had your issues with Britt. I think it speaks to a larger problem. I don't think it's a talent thing. We've seen that they have incredible female wrestlers. Um, well, Britt, who got significantly better since the start of the company, is incredibly is gifted and got and worked really hard to get really really good. Right still doesn't always show it right and if she just and sometimes she goes out there and putting constantly putting her over and again she lost to thunder rosa but even that match wasn't that good you know no. and and i mean bell to bell i don't know I mean, it's just feel it feels like like if if they can't have brit in character acknowledge the fact that the that the division is way better than it used to be and if they can't work that into the storyline you know making her work for it making her acknowledge that they're whatever or, or making cheating even more central part of her character, you know, make it feel like she can, whatever. If they can't acknowledge that reality, it just makes it feel silly. It makes it feel like some like glow shit to keep putting her over, you know. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I don't care about it as much as it sounds like I do right now. But, <laughs> um, and maybe it'll be, you know, she'll lose to Chris Statlander, who's you know sporting the new look, newish look, and and you know can really do it. Maybe it'll be Ruby Soho. Who knows? But, but you know, and maybe this will all be nothing. Um, but my biggest concern concern i use that term again not with not too pointedly is that we're going to go with the owen cup which had so has so much potential i'm not going to be hidebound to what the owen cup should mean and like i'm not going to go into big rant about this but it could have meant a really specific thing right that you could have really used with somebody it could have been like the old school idea of king of the ring as for like yeah. the guys who were actually good bell to bell and could do whatever that's what the owen cup could have been that and if it if they end up using it as a chance to crown adam cole and 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 dmd as like this power couple, it just feels like a weird misuse of the Owen Cup when, first of all, they're already pushed to the moon, right? Uh, Anybody that watches the show. I didn't even see that coming. But mm. if, but they're already pushed to the moon. They're already, you know, given everything. You could figure out another way to do this. And you have Sammy Guevara and, and you know, and Ty Conti, like, basically like doing this same gimmick naturally without even trying they're over as the biggest heel couple in the world. I hope that that's not the way they go with this. Um, but 
That could be the way they go with this. I don't know. I mean, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna without knowing the opponent, I'm gonna pick that Britt Baker wins because Britt Baker. I actually saw a lol Brit lol Brit wins tweet at the end of this, which is obviously a <laughs> reference to the lol Cena wins tweets that were everywhere and every, it's been using. I mean, that's that says a lot about kind of where the internet is with her, I guess. And because I don't think I'm alone in feeling this way, so I'm just gonna assume she's gonna win. That's great. Now on the men's side, wait, who what do you, who do you have for that match? We well, not knowing who the opponent is. Uh, is it Chris Statlander or is it you know or is it Ruby Soho or Britt Baker? Man, I'm gonna go with anybody but Britt, just because I want to hope that they're not going in the direction that you just turned me on to, which I didn't even see coming until you mentioned it with another power couple story, both holding Owen cups. Cause it does seem like sort of a misuse of what that can truly become. Right. Like, you know, if you're thinking dusties, if you're thinking of just memorial sort of tournaments and all that type of stuff, um, there's a, I'm going to go with, I'm gonna go with Chris Statlander. I think Chris Statlander is gonna win the the. the I hope you're right. Oven I cup. think that. I mean, that could happen. I hope you're yeah. right. Um, on the men's side, we have Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. I feel very confident in that, that Adam Cole is gonna win this, and I'm fine with him winning it. I just don't want to do a power couples storyline, or at least right. I don't think I want that. Maybe they'll give it to me, and I'll really like it. I mean, I will be back here in a month, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I love it with <laughs> them in charge, but um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, so Samoa Joe got in by beating Kyle O'Reilly last night in a good match, a really good match. I'm not sure Kyle O'Reilly was, you know, had these interviews where he said that he signed a five-year deal. Um, I'm, I think it was his initial deal was a five-year deal, and he's a beloved guy and and a really really great worker. I've been on the record as saying that. I mean, when when WWE was trying to bury Daniel Bryan when he was on his way to the top of the company, I was like, well, just go hire Kyle O'Reilly and make him your like in-house Daniel Bryan if you really can't get behind this guy. That's that long ago. I love him. Right. I think he's fantastic. I don't know what his gimmick is. He definitely needs one. I think that one I think the problem with the Undisputed Era dudes is that is that they're all on the small side. Yes. Which is not inherently a problem. But they don't really have anything that makes them stand out from one another, even though they kind of do. But like Kyle O'Reilly having, you know, doing more jujitsu and playing air guitar doesn't really make him stand out. And I just think they got to figure out what the, what his thing is and lean into it. You know, like if he like he I think that when you see him against Samoa Joe, it's so clear. He is the like he is the like the little bulldog. Right. right. He's like he's a guy that can just like like by pure endurance and fortitude and determination and a healthy dose of jujitsu training, he can keep up with a guy literally twice his size, like Samoa Joe. Right. You know, he's like bleeding at the mouth. He's still in it. Right. It's just hard to like have a guy be working like the undersized, like the under, under healer baby face. It's hard to be working the underdog gimmick when you're surrounded by other dudes who are your same size. Right. It's like, you're not, are you really an under, like, you know, it's just, it's just a weird thing. Anyway, putting all that aside, Love to see what, can't wait to see what they do with Kyler Riley over the rest of his five-year contract because he is a real favorite of mine. I really hope that they give him a little bit of something to work with. Mm. And again, in, in NXT, I'm not, nobody's figured this out, right? In NXT, they put him in a, in a, in a fedora for a minute, you know, and we're just like, hey, look, it's cool Kyle. Like, it's not, like, that was, that was the biggest <laughs> failure too, trying to give cool him a character. But they, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I love him to death. And I love Samoa Joe to death. I'm glad that he's in this. I think Samoa Joe is going to, is going to be fodder for Adam Cole, but I think this is going to be a hell of a match. Because, um, you know, Joe is, well, I mean, you can make the case for Joe pretty easily, but I think this is Adam Cole's to lose. And and um, 
I'm excited. I'm just excited to see them go at it. I think this is a very, you know, generational sort of old school versus new school match. And but this and it's is crazy that they've never wrestled before. Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Um I I, I got I'm I'm going the opposite way. I got Joe winning this simply because he is currently the Ring of Honor television champion. You just sunk a bunch of money into Ring of Honor as a company. And if you want to keep that company relevant and keep that company um important. Um, not only does your champion have to be, you know, protected, but I think Adam Cole, I don't know if he could stand to lose another match, but I do think there's more outs for him to, to, you know, lose in a way that is, you know, it's Samoa Joe. Like, that's a big boy. You feel me? <laughs> like, um, I do know that Joe has had his issues with like Jay Lethal and like the other Ring of Honor guys and Obviously. I know that the Owen. I know that the Owen Cup, whatever they get, the rings. There's someone said they made belts for them. I don't even know, but I know that whatever they receive is not going to be like a title title. Right. I was thinking defend. like a trophy or something uh, or whatever. But I, but I just but whatever it is, I don't know. I can't quite. I think that I'm just. I can't quite by Joe winning this, having whatever accolades come with it and taking that over to Ring of Honor, especially when he's already the TNT champion. I mean, the, sorry, the TV champion. I just think whoever wins this is going to have to hang around AEW and be, you know, and brag about it for a while. And that's what Adam Cole's made for. I do think that there's a, a, certainly a, par, a piece of this where they're like, Adam Cole's the sort of guy that like works as champ, right? He works when he has something to brag about and he's mm -hmm. not going to win. He's not going to win our world championship anytime soon. Those seats are taken. And, you know, the TV title is a step down. The TNT title is a step down for him. Mm. So let's give him, it's like when they made Harley race a king, you know, it's like, we let's just give him a thing that he can brag about. that Because that, that, that's so central to his character. We're just kind of, you know, he's not the champ, but we're going to give him something so that he can still work the gimmick of a champ. And that's why I think he's going to win. I can see that. I can see that. You know what? I'm, I think you warned me over there. Uh, I, I just, I think I let my Samoa Joe love cloud my judgment. Uh, yeah. You know what? You won me over. I got Cole winning this now too. Makes okay, sense. great. Well, listen, <laughs> we got to listen. That I mean, that, that bracket has been great. I mean, both of these have been a lot of fun, and and um, I'm just glad. I love tournaments. Uh, love that we're talking about Owen, and just you know, I can't I can't wait to see that match in particular. Okay, uh, I think we've done all the picks, right? Did we go? Did we get everything? We're just going through. Yes, one we, more got time. we did. Picks. We got all the picks. Okay, yep. but let's just do this. What is your match of the night? Like, what do you not not what do you think is going to be the best match? What match are you most looking forward to? Uh, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a tie between Punk Page and the tag team title match between uh, Jungle Express, Jurassic Express, Swerve and Lee, and Starks and the Hobbs. Um, Again, I, I said it before, I said it again. I, I, I bought a lot of my Swerve Strickland stock early on this show. Yep. Anybody who's taught, who's listened to this show for even five minutes knows how much we love Keith Lee. I just think them two together have been like an incredible tandem. They've meshed incredibly well. Um, there's a lot of meat on that bone with those guys as your tag team champions. Um, so I'm going with that match and just, you know, the work that they've all done together has been really good. And of course, Punk Page, man, just because there's so much unspoken about what has been the real issue with Page with Punk and vice versa, that I'm willing to bet my left foot some fuck shit is going to happen at the end of that match. So I'm willing, I, I can't wait to see where, where that comes from. So those are the two matches I'm on. I agree mind. with you on both points. I totally agree. Let's do that. Let that, that make it ironclad. Those are the <laughs> matches we're looking forward to. 
Listen, you guys enjoy it too. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Let's get out of here. We're way over time. Let me way get your plugs time. in on the way out. Yeah, man. Say less with Kazo, Kian Rosa. You know what it is. YouTube.com slash Kazim. Everywhere are you listen to podcasts as well. MSGPM is back. You can catch us on Fridays on the MSG Network. You can catch me on Twitter Spaces chatting with Rangers legends. Uh, today, if you're listening to on Twitter, uh, 5 p.m., I got New York Giants coach Dable uh, talking Rangers Ooh. with me as well as uh, who else? Uh, oh, Nick Kiprios, Ranger legend, also kicking it with me as the Rangers take on Carolina game five tonight on ESPN. And uh, I think that's all I got today, bro. Oh, man. And also next week, you can catch me on the ultimate show on Peacock on WWE Network with my guys, Sam Roberts, um, Ryan Popola, Matt Camp. Right before WWE's Hell in a Cell, we'll be fantasy booking the greatest Hell in a Cell matches on Peacock. Uh, so check us out on the ultimate show uh, leading up right before. The pre-show to WWE Hell in the Cell. Spoiler alert, Kaz picked the boss man match. Um, <laughs> all right, you can find me here. You can find me on the press box. You can find me on the Book of Wrestling. 25 catchphrases explain the Attitude Era, which we're still pumping out. We had to take a week off because interviews are hard to get sometimes. I'm not saying, man, we'll, because, because you deserve a week off. It's okay, Dave. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it, it's, a, it's really hard doing those podcasts, man. It's, it turns out to be a lot of work to do something that, that's that produced. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um... But thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to check out Mac Mania and Cheap Heat on Tuesdays as well. Uh, the Book of Wrestling, which I mentioned. Spe- special thanks to our baby face producer, John Kerma. Um, and just for the record, we're happy to provide some escapism here. But what happened in Valde, Texas is a way bigger deal than all of this. And if that didn't shake you to your core, if that didn't make you for one second think, hey, we're doing gun laws wrong in this country, then you're being a human the wrong way. So stop getting worked by politicians and by folks on Twitter. We can do better. We'll see you back here next week, Human Week.